This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 342. Hello and welcome. Great to have you with us and welcome to all you first-time listeners. We hope you subscribe and listen in every week. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we're in Paris for the launch of the Huawei P30 series and we go hands-on with the Huawei P30 Pro, which has just been named as the world's best smartphone camera. We'll also take you through the announcements from Apple's It's Showtime event, and Samsung has revealed the pricing and availability of its 2019 home entertainment range of TVs and soundbars. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're checking out the Blackmagic Pocket 4K cinema camera, Amazon's Echo Input, which can make your favourite speaker smart, and how you can win a million dollars from Alcatel at South Sydney's next home game. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, as we mentioned, we are in Paris, where Huawei has just launched its new P30 series, the P30 and the P30 Pro. These are their new flagship devices, which have just been announced and will go on sale in Australia on April the 16th. Uh, there are two devices, of course, the Huawei P30, which has a 6.1-inch full-view OLED screen, and the P30 Pro, which has a 6.47 full-view curved OLED display. Now, these two devices have one thing in common. They both have phenomenal cameras. The P30 has a triple Leica camera system and the P30 Pro has a quad lens system. We'll talk more about the camera later. It is definitely the highlight and also the P30 Pro has just been voted by DxO Mark as having the world's best mobile camera. We'll talk more about that in a moment as well. But let's go through some, go through some of the features. Uh, they've both got an in-screen fingerprint reader. This was an, this was introduced, as you recall, on Huawei's Mate 20 Pro. It's now come to the P30 and the P30 Pro, and the finger in-screen fingerprint reader is even more responsive and faster than that introduced on the Mate 20. They're both also powered by the Kirin 980 HI AI processor. That's Huawei's very own silicon. Uh, they're the 7 nanometer processors, and they will provide not only a lot of speed, but also with dual AI processing. They really improve performance as well. The devices have 6 gig of RAM, that's on the P30, 8 gig of RAM on the P30 Pro, and uh, memory capacities of 128 gig, that's the P30, and a generous 256 gig on the P30 Pro as well. One cool feature of the P30 Pro is the acoustic display technology. Now, what Huawei set out to do is to maximize the screen real estate on the product. And to do that, they've reduced the size of the notch. So there is a front-facing camera, but it's a tiny little notch, way smaller than last year's model. And what they've also done, they've eliminated the need for a speaker 
on top of the on top of the device as well because they're using that acoustic display technology. So instead of having a dedicated speaker which would reduce the size of the screen, the speaker actually works through the display. So when you've got your phone to your ear, it, rather than having the dedicated earpiece, it's coming through this screen. Remarkable. So you can still hear quite clearly. Calls are really clear, uh, but it, and it's all coming through the display. The getting to the camera now. This is really the 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 highlight of this product. This is the the standout feature, and what it's what it's really come down to. It the the secret source of this new camera is Huawei's proprietary Super Spectrum Imaging Sensors. They've apparently been two years in the making. Huawei have spent a lot of money and time on research and development to make these imaging sensors even better. So with the imaging sensor, it's become the world's most sensitive to light, sensitive sensor on a smartphone. It's also larger than competing sensors, say, on the iPhone and the Samsung Galaxy S10, which was just being released. So the sensitivity to light is, is, has gone way up. It's got increased, incre- increased remarkably. In fact, the iOS, ISO sensitivity of the, of the P30 Pro is 409,600 and 204,800 on the P30, which is just off the charts. And the result of that means that you get some amazing images in low light. We'll talk more about that in a minute. We did get our hands on the P30 Pro, but I just want to go through the camera system and how it works. Now, we've already spoken about the Super Spectrum sensor, which can pull light in like like never before. But what really adds to the whole picture is not only the sensor, but also the lens system, which is provided by Leica. The P30 has an AI-enabled Leica triple camera system. So that includes a low distortion Leica Sumilix H optics. So the triple camera system on the P30 is made up of a 40 megapixel sensor, a 16 megapixel ultra wide angle, and a macro, and that includes macro, but also an 8 megapixel telephoto lens. So there's the three lenses. Now the P30 Pro goes one step further. That's a quad camera system that creates incredible possibilities, the things that you'd never believe, you could never think to achieve with a smartphone camera. On board, there's an 8-megapixel camera with five times optical zoom, and it uses this special periscope lens zoom system. So rather than stacking the lenses and making the device thicker, what they've done, they've got this periscope, this prism, that shines up through this square lens and stacks up the lenses in that periscope system across the width of the device rather than the depth of the device. And that, that's the, then by using the periscope zoom lens system, the light can come into the lens and then shoot straight through into the sensor using that periscope prism as well. So what you end up with is the 8 megapixel camera with 5 times optical zoom thanks to that periscope system, a 40 megapixel super spectrum 
and a 20 megapixel ultra wide angle uh, and that also provides the macro lens of uh, 16 millimeters as well. Now the other, the fourth component is the Huawei time of flight lens. Now what this does, it measures the distance to your subject using light. So it gives you that exact focal length instantly. It's the time of flight, TOF, time of flight lens that provides that. And I have to say the results really are incredible. Uh, you know, the three main things we hit here is the the color and and detail, so really natural colors, uh, great skin tones as well, and just absolute purity and the warmth of the image. But the other two things you get too is the zoom. Uh, you get the zoom lens, but you also get the optical image stabilization, which combines with the AI stabilization. So you can imagine you've got the built-in OIS and the AI stabilization at work together to keep the image really, really tight. Videos, uh, take the shakes out of videos as well. And you've just got this incredible result, whether you're shooting pictures or shooting video. The P30 and the P30 Pro, uh, the wide-angle lenses on them have a 120-degree field of view, so you can fit even more in the frame. We, we took it out for a test drive, and one great example of how we could uh, fit a lot more into, into our image using that ultra-wide lens, we took it up to Notre Dame, the church, and standing right in front of the church... It is, it's a big church, right? So you're standing, well, I think I was standing about 20 meters away from the front of the church and fitting the church in with normal lens. Uh, you only just fit it in. And I've put that image up on Tech Guide and on my hands on story, but using the ultra wide, like with, with the regular shot, you can just fit in the top of the church. You can't quite fit in the sides of the church, but with the ultra wide and, and standing in the exact same spot, you not only fit the whole church in, but also more of the front, more of the side. It really does make it a dramatic effect for you to fit more into your scene. We tried the same thing with uh, with the zoom. Now, with this, you get a five times optical zoom. You also get a ten times hybrid zoom, but you get an amazing fifty times digital zoom. There's a couple of examples on our story as well. One is we we spotted a person up on their balcony from, it would be probably 100 metres away, probably more. And we decided to test the zoom of the P30 Pro, the 50 times zoom, and we zoomed right in on the man on his balcony. Now, when you look at our story on Tech Guide, you'll see the wide shot, and there's a small red circle which indicates where the gentleman is sitting. Now, when we go in with a 50 times zoom, not only do we see the person zoomed right, like he's, he's big enough in the frame, like we shot him from 10 meters away, and we can see detail like the creases in his pants the lattice on the wall, the the plant beside him and the colours of all the things around him, the colour of his socks and his shoes and that detail coming from 50 times digital zoom. And the picture for a 50 times digital zoom image 
it is remarkably clear as well. Now, we tried the same thing with the Eiffel Tower and we were on the Seine River and looking down the river, you can just see the top of the Eiffel Tower. It's a very tall tower, so it's visible from all parts of Paris. And we saw it in the distance. We were on the Saint-Germain Bridge. We were on the bridge between Saint-Germain and the Louvre and we could see down the river to the top of the Eiffel Tower. And again, we wanted to give this 50 times zoom another crack. And what we did is we zoomed right in on the top of the tower and managed to get that image as well. Now, when you're zooming in that far, it's really hard to hold the 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 phone still or to keep the image in frame because you zoom so far in, it is it is tough to keep it in frame. But with the AI stabilization combined with the optical image stabilization, we were able to do just that. And you can see that shot as well. We uh, we were like literally kilometers away from the Eiffel Tower, but still got a tight shot of the top of the tower uh, from where we were. And that's using that 50 times digital zoom. And it is fairly clear for that type of image. There is no other phone in the world that could compete for a clearer 50 times zoom image than the Huawei P30 Pro. It really has to be seen to be believed. But we also took some great shots uh, and tried to capture a lot of color. Uh, again, there's an AI mode on the camera so that you can, you can capture, it can see what you're seeing through the lens. So if you're aiming it, for example, at some flowers, you'll see the word flowers appear on the bottom of the screen. If you're aiming at a dog, it'll say dog. If you're aiming it at the sky, it'll say blue sky or grass, it'll say greenery. So it can detect what you're looking at and optimize your settings so that the result is the best it can be. Now, there are plenty of examples of a hands-on story where there's some beautifully colored flowers and just an immaculate blue sky, really crisp detail around a tree. Uh, there is another shot, actually, it's a shot of my wife. I use the portrait mode, which just really looks like she, she's in focus in the front of the image. And there's a beautiful bokeh effect behind her where the river and the riverbank is beautifully blurred in the background. Uh, there's also a picture of me, a portrait shot of me as well uh, in the, at the Louvre. And again, I'm in focus and the background is really tastefully blurred out. So um gives you plenty of shooting options, whether you're up close or far away, whatever you need to do. Now, one thing we really need to talk about is night mode. This is a killer feature. It is an amazing feature, and we took some shots of the Eiffel Tower at night. There is a shot on my story of the Eiffel Tower. I, I took this image from a moving car. I was in a car and I was, there was a sunroof. I said to the driver, look, can you please open the sunroof? I want to take a shot of the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower, not only the lights really shine through and are in focus, but the foreground is blurred as well. So incredible how I capture this image just by chance through the sunroof of this car. And the night mode really punched those colours right up. There is another example on our story of a, and this was a, a little thing we did in Sydney before we headed over to Paris. We had, there was a model in a dark room and she was standing. We used our normal, uh, normal mode and we could get some detail. There was, we could just see her. She was wearing a white, a white suit and you see some, uh, some stuff behind her. 
and that was okay. But when we turned on night mode, it was like someone switched on some studio lights in that room that we we that we didn't know about, and suddenly she was clear. We could see the colour of her shoes. We could see the floor very clearly. We could see the detail on her face and on her clothing, even during the launch. Over here in Paris, Huawei put up some comparison shots, some night shots where the Apple, the iPhone XS and the Galaxy S10 Plus, their shots in the dark were just black squares and the Huawei P30 Pro shot was like someone had a floodlight on in the room. It, it was incredible how much colour and detail that you could get out of it. Even for our use here in Paris, shooting the Eiffel Tower at night with night mode really made it stand out. And what happens when you shoot in night mode, it takes several frames at a time and you kind of have to sit there for about three or four seconds as it's putting them all together. And the result is this incredible, uh, clear uh, shot that you probably... Hard to believe you can get it as a handheld shot. Speaking of which, if, even if you want to do like exposure shots of, of water or whatever other long exposure shots you want to do, the AI and the, and the optical image stabilization is so good that you can actually do that handheld without a tripod. Some incredible results were shown to us uh, with these, these slower, those longer exposures and you would swear that it was taken with a tripod, but apparently it was done handheld. Held. Now, the, the these cameras, obviously, the the selling point of this device. Uh, it it does also have, of course, Huawei's traditionally good battery life, and I've been using it for the last week, uh, nearly two weeks, and. It's a two-day battery life. Like at the end of the day, I'm probably down to about 55%. That's after a full day of using it as my camera and answering phone calls. So it goes well into the next day, into the next afternoon before I need to worry about charging it up as well. So really impressive. Uh, and you know, Huawei, when you think about it, their competition with Apple and Samsung, Compared to Apple and Samsung, their percentage growth in 2018 was actually higher than both of those companies. They sold more than 200 million smartphones in 2018 worldwide. And with a great start with the P30 and the P30 Pro, I'd say that that number is going to grow dramatically in 2019. So I'd say Apple and Samsung will be looking over their shoulder at Huawei with this new product in the P30, which is always the start of the year that it's released the P30, P30 Pro, and you've got to remember, later down the track, later in the year, we're going to see the Mate 30 Pro, uh, which is, uh, according uh, some information that I've heard, it's going to be a 5G device. So it's going to take that even further with 5G connectivity and, of course, all the other features that we know about and all this new technology that will no doubt be introduced as it was introduced with the Mate 20 Pro. Really exciting release there from Huawei. They've got a lot of momentum since the launch of the Mate 20 Pro late last year, and that momentum is going to continue with the launch of the P30 series in mid-April. If you want to read more about our story and also take a look at our hands-on story, which had those images I talked about, you know you can where to go. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. All right, well, Apple had their It's Showtime event, actually, just the day before Huawei made their announcement here in Paris. 
and I streamed this live and uh, watched what took place, and it was actually good uh, good time difference. 6 p.m. here in Paris, I started watching it. If I was in Australia, that would have been 4 a.m., so the time difference uh, has worked nicely for us here. But the Apple event, which we knew was all going to be about services, and we knew it was going to be about content. Uh, last week, Apple got all its hardware announcements out of the way so that this event could focus completely on their new content and services. Last week, uh, as we as we mentioned in our last show, they had the new iPad Air, the new iPad Mini. They also announced their new AirPods and also the new range of iMacs as well. So they got all the hardware announcements out of the way. Great announcements with uh, some impressive specs, and, and they're all available right now. But they cleared the decks. They didn't want any kind of interruption to what they wanted to talk about with this new announcement. And the focus of it was three things they announced. Apple TV+. Plus. They also announced Apple News Plus and also Apple Arcade. Now, Apple News Plus is a service which allows customers to pay a monthly subscription fee and then have access to more than 300 popular magazines, newspapers and digital publishers, uh, digital publications around the, around the world. So it's kind of using the iTunes model where there's the content on one side, there's the customers on the opposite end, and Apple in the middle being the, sort of the intermediary, linking these, these these content to its many users. You've got to remember uh, there are more than 1.4 billion iOS devices around the world, and that's a pretty large customer base if you're a publisher wanting to get your magazine out to to the world. So that's where Apple can offer that traction where they say, righto, we've got all these customers using all these devices. We can set up a little service here and then they can have access to your magazine. So let us do the marketing for you and get you the eyeballs through their uh, Apple News Plus. Of course, Apple take a percentage of that. The, the publications get more readers uh, and uh, they see this as a win-win situation. Uh, taking that model to the gaming world, Apple's introduced the Apple Arcade. This is the world's first game subscription service that will provide access to more than a 100 games for a monthly fee. So think of it like as Netflix for games, where uh, games are developed especially for this service. So with Apple support, they produce these tremendous titles uh, that you can access, play as often as you want. There's no ads in them. You get complete uh, complete versions of the game. There's no in-app purchases required. So for a small flat fee, if you're a fan of games, this is going to be like Christmas because you're going to have access to all these cool games built especially for the Apple platforms, the iPad, the iPhone, iMac, so on all of Apple's products. Uh, and, and from what I understand, the games are going to be, I think, family friendly. There's not going to be too many violent games. And I think this attitude also extends into the Apple TV Plus, which we'll talk about in a minute. So if you're a gamer, this is a tremendous result. If you want to access these games like a one one price per month and then it's an all-you-can-eat model of all these cool new games heading your way and games have always been very popular on the app store so uh, this is uh, i think a, a really smart move and a value move i think by apple as well i think the customers think if you're a fan of games this is going to be very popular and i'm sure you're going to enjoy a lot of games for that small monthly fee 
But the highlight of the event wasn't about news, wasn't about games, although they were important parts of the event. The main event, the star of the show, uh, and it was called It's Showtime as well, so I'm sort of keeping in keeping with the theme there, is the uh, the Apple TV Plus. This is the new streaming service, which, let's face it, is is they want to oppose, they want to go up against Netflix and Stan and all these other streaming service services. So this is their new streaming service, which will not only have access to content and existing content and movies, but also a quite a large proportion of original programming that has been uh, that's been commissioned by, by Apple among some of the world's most talented creators, and we're talking. And these people appeared on stage. We're talking. Steven Spielberg is one of them. So probably the best director of all time is involved here. His his hands on on it with his projects, producing movies and TV shows for this service. Uh, next, we saw Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston appear uh, with Steve Carell on stage to talk about their new Apple original content, their new Apple commission show uh, called Morning Morning News, where it sort of follows the the more a morning a TV morning show. So uh, the trials and tribulations of a, the, a morning TV show, uh, starring Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. But there are other people that appeared on stage, other creators, including J.J. Abrams, who I've got a, I'm a big fan of. He, he directed The Force Awakens and is also putting the finishing touches to Star Wars Episode 9, uh, the yet untitled Episode 9 as well. So I, I really rate J.J. Abrams as a creator. He's made some other great films and produced and directed other great movies as well. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to come up with. Now, that were just a few of the many names and uh, large large cast of talent that Apple actually had on hand at this event. But there was also Oprah Winfrey, who is uh, a, a world famous broadcaster, uh, talk show host, and and general, just a general inspiration to the world. She she's was talking about inspirational stories and, and things where that she's going to be producing these uh, inspiring tales uh, for this this service. Uh, so. Looking, looking at what they, at what they had, who they introduced uh, on stage and what they were talking about, it seems Apple has a pretty healthy slate of new content. I understand they're spending about $2 billion producing this content. They've got like $300 billion in the bank, so it's gonna, hardly going to make a dent to their coffers. But when you put that up against a company like Netflix, for example, Netflix are spending, I understand $15 billion this year on original content. So made for Netflix, TV shows, movies, $15 billion budget. So Apple's kind of small fry to begin with. Who knows how that's going to develop? One issue I do see with this service, and we sort of touched on it when we were talking about the gaming, the Apple Arcade, the content we're going to see through uh, Apple TV+, Plus, all the original content, is probably going to be uh, is likely to be family friendly, no no violence, no bloodshed. It's going to be fairly tame stuff. Now Netflix and Stan, their most popular original content 
is stuff that's pretty edgy, uh, it's different, it's violent, it's shocking, it's in your face. And they're the shows that really sort of have get people talking and get people watching. So if Apple are going to come up with a service that's going to be saccharine sweet and uh, no no violence and really sort of uh, family G-rated, I think they may struggle here. I'd love for them to prove me wrong. Uh, I think initially they may take this approach. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? But even Apple in the App Store don't allow certain things. There's certain guidelines. So I don't think they're going to suddenly turn around and change all of that for Apple TV+. Time will tell, and I'm looking forward to seeing this original content. But when you're up against shows like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and Narcos and all these other shows that are uh, are violent and huge and and loud and and, uh, all all, all these things going on, uh, it's really hard. I think it's going to be very hard to compete. Uh, Apple, uh, as, as we always know, normally come through. They normally succeed when they try something new like this. The content and service as part of the business is really growing services like apple to apple pay uh, itunes all the all these services uh, are already doing great uh, doing very well in the market and making the company a lot of money time will tell how apple tv plus is going to fare against this this pretty stiff competition if you want to read more about apple it's showtime that whole event you can check that out at techguide.com.au Alrighty, well Samsung have had a launch, uh, they launched in Sydney last week, their new 2019 range of home entertainment products, mainly their QLED TVs and their sound bars. They also have introduced their 8K TVs which actually go on sale this week alongside its other 4K QLED TVs as well uh, and also their lineup of sound bars are available too. But Samsung have really listened to the customers. They've got a lot of uh, new TVs that are and even more that are 75 inches and above. So our demand for larger screens, they've heard that loud and clear and they've come through with, with that as well. Uh, the 2019 range of QLED TVs have improved picture quality wider viewing angles and an even more intuitive user interface. So uh, the 2019 range really ticked the boxes in terms of improvements over the 2018 range as well. Now, talking about picture quality, they've improved their quantum dot technology so it can handle bright rooms. You think about how Australian lifestyle, we do live in open homes and, and open plan homes with large windows and be, being a sunny country, it can also be quite bright. So it's important that your TV isn't washed out whether you're, when you're watching it during the day. That's one thing that the Samsung has done for the last few years and be able to handle bright rooms with its ultra bright QLED TVs. They're also going to have HDR10 Plus and ultra bright technology which will then handle the contrast and colour on the fly. Uh, brightness has also been optimised again to handle those sunny Australian homes. They're going to have this special anti-glare technology on board so it can get rid of all the reflections. On the Q80 TVs and above, uh, Samsung has also included wide viewing angle technology. Now why is that important? 
important. Not It's not every day that you get the plum spot on the couch when you're watching Married at First Sight or Game of Thrones or whatever you happen to be watching. So being able to sit even at an angle to and still see a clear picture with clear uh, still remain uh, bright and colourful, that's going to be really important. Also, too, that wide viewing angle comes in handy when often we have a TV and we're looking at it from another room. So the best example would be the TV in the lounge room and you might be watching off to the side in the kitchen, having that viewing angle, being able to watch from another room, that's also important as well. The Q75 and above models, they're going to have their new direct full array elite and this controls the backlight of the TV so you're getting real-time adjustments. So that really pumps up the black levels and then and, and contrast and you're building up those rich colours as well. Now on the smart side, there is a deeper layer of intelligence with the 2019 Samsung TVs. Uh, so they've got their quantum processor, but they've also got AI in the mix as well. So with that, you will include intelligent mode, which can adjust screen brightness, sound and the volume uh, on the fly. AI upscaling too is also included in the 2019 TVs and even not only just on the 8K TVs, which upscales content to 8K quality, but also the 4K TVs. This this uses this AI upscaling uses this massive database that Samsung's created. Uh, so they use the database and create a formula to detect and restore edges and recreate textures while reducing the picture noise. Often when you try to upscale, what happens is the you see all this noise in the, in the image. What these AI upscaling technology will do is reduce that picture noise while still pumping up the unique textures and sharpening those edges as well. I've seen this upscaling technology and I've got to say it is remarkable. It is really, really impressive. Now, on the style side, actually, before we talk about style, let's talk about there's some more smarts. The TVs will also work with Bixby. They're going to have Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa on board. And later this year, they will also incorporate Apple's AirPlay 2. That's in the second half of the year. 2019 TVs will get a software update, which will then enable Apple's AirPlay 2, which means you can connect your Apple devices and stream things. So it really opens up the uh, the case there for customers where whether you're using Bixby, Google Assistant, Amazon Alexa, and now Apple AirPlay, you can get uh, get all those things happening at the same time. And don't forget too, Samsung's 2019 TVs will also be able to access iTunes. So your iTunes movie library, you won't need to to buy an Apple TV. It's right there on your Samsung television. That's an exclusive deal between Apple and Samsung. So if you've got an iTunes movie library, you'll be able to access that without the need for a separate Apple TV product. Now on the design side, Samsung once again offering the one clear cable. So on select models, you can bring in all your sources and power in a single cable. Uh, there's also ambient mode, which can recreate the wall that your TV happens to be sitting on or can just display things like information and images. Uh, you can even uh, have, have the temperature or your favourite photos. It's up to you how you want to create your ambient mode, but rather than just having a, a boring 
black rectangle on the wall, you'll be able to use ambient mode and at least get some information or create a pattern or put a nice picture up on there and make turn it into a picture frame rather than just an empty black space when you're not watching it. Now, moving on to the soundbars. Now, the Samsung got a range of soundbars. The Q70 soundbar really combines a number of innovations and gives a real satisfying audio experience to complement the viewing experience. You've got all this great picture quality. You want good sound quality as well. One new technology is Acoustic Beam, and that's object-based sound to deliver Dolby Atmos and DTS-X from a single soundbar. You'll hear noises all around you. Samsung's adaptive sound also has 4k hdr 10 pass through and the ability to pair wireless rear speakers on every soundbar in the lineup as well samsung's tvs i mentioned there is going to be a range of sizes 82 inches where the qled 4k tvs top out at there's also 75 and 65 inches and if you are in some of the more affordable models you can get a tv as small as 43 inches Uh, so there's all the pricing all the sizes and all the model numbers you can find all of those including information about the soundbars at techguide.com.au This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can protect you and your family online. We live in a world where hackers are constantly finding new ways to steal your personal information. And because we spend so much time online, it's quite possible we could find ourselves in a cyber criminal sites. The Norton team is dedicated to keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton Security Premium is working hard behind the scenes to help keep your information, your identity and your devices protected. For more information on how to protect your digital life, visit au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Our Tech Guide reviews, we're going to kick it off with the Blackmagic Pocket 4K Cinema Camera. It is a mouthful, but I'll tell you, this is an amazing camera that is pretty, that's quite affordable, surprisingly affordable, but the quality you get from this camera really has to be seen to be believed. Now, we use, we've been using this camera for a little while, and we've decided to buy one for ourselves. That's how much we liked it. The Pocket Cinema 4K camera is built to shoot incredible 4K quality. It looks like a DSLR, slightly wider and fatter than a DSLR, but still pretty light in your hand. Uh, so it's uh, built by Blackmagic Design, which is actually an Australian company. So kudos to them. This is an incredible product uh, that can produce some remarkable video footage, whether you're a, a YouTuber, whether you're a filmmaker. This can shoot movies, this thing. It's movie quality, cinema quality 4K, uh, and also comes with the DaVinci Resolve Studio editing software, which you can also use for color grading and things like that, things that are way above over my head. 
trade, but a professional will find these remarkable tools and be able to produce some remarkable video. So how I approached this review, I decided to, look, I'm a novice when it comes to shooting video. I am trying to ramp up my video production here on Tech Guide, produce more videos for the site and also more videos for our YouTube channel. So I decided to approach this from how, what would an amateur do to uh, approaching this camera? So it was kind of giving us not only this tremendous quality in our hands, but also gave us a lot of things to learn. Uh, we needed to learn more uh, and to understand more. And thankfully, the, the Blackmagic camera uh, allowed us to shoot some pretty good footage uh, and and without having to go to photography school, uh, the design was really easy to use. The, the big display made the menus really easy to navigate as well. So really from out of the box, we were able to shoot straight away. Yeah, there were a lot of options and a lot of things we needed to tweak and a lot of things we needed to experience. And okay, let's try it at 4K at 60 frames per second, 4K at 50, 4K at 25. Uh, whether you want to shoot raw, all of these things are there. All the options are there for anyone who wants to give it a go. Now, on the design side, as I said, uh, it's called the Pocket Cinema 4K Camera. Now, whoever gave that name must have the world's biggest pockets because it's fairly fat camera. You're not going to fit this in your pocket anytime soon. A decent-sized unit made of carbon fibre, so it can handle the uh, the taking it out into the world. can handle uh, it's a bit rugged, so not gonna you don't have to handle this with kit gloves but also has a large grip on the right-hand side, a massive 5-inch display on the back, and all the buttons are really nicely laid out and all within easy reach. Down on the left-hand side, there are ports to connect audio, HDMI, uh, you can connect your power, of course, a mini XLR for your audio, USB-C for if you want to record directly to an SSD drive, a portable drive. Uh, you can also record to a CFast card or, a, or an SD card, uh, on, and those, uh, those slots are on the, on the right-hand side. Um, what you don't get with this camera, uh, it, it's, it's $1,975, which is still a great price for a 4K camera considering competitors are almost twice as expensive. But what you don't get with this camera are any lenses. It's a body only that you're paying for there. And the Black Magic, though, it's compatible with MFT. That's micro four-thirds lenses. And we happen to use a couple, one from Panasonic, a 12 to 35 millimeter, and another from uh, Olympus, a 12 to 40 millimeter. But there are all these options. There, there are, there are lots and lots of MFT micro four thirds lenses that will work with the Black Magic camera. So you're not limited to the two we just mentioned. They just happen to be the two that we gave, that we tried. And both of those gave us some great results. Really nice, versatile lenses for our shots, whether we're in close, out wide. Uh, they were remarkable. But as I said, plenty of lenses to choose from, so don't think that you're limited. Other cameras, you know, from companies like Canon and Panasonic, they can shoot 4K uh, and are more expensive and come with, uh, they do some come with a lens, but the lens kit and everything together is about $5,000. Or you can buy them as body only, which is still more expensive than the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema 4K camera. Now, how easy is it to use? It is pretty simple. Out of the box, really easy to use. There are record buttons on the grip and also on the front of the camera as well. Now, we mainly use the camera to film ourselves, so there was the front record button really came in handy. We were just able to reach out, 
touch the button to start recording, touch it again to stop recording. So that was really handy. So they thought of that, that people might be using the camera to film themselves. When we were recording people or objects, uh, that large display made it really easy to frame up our shots. Now, one thing you don't have with this is a continuous autofocus. So to achieve focus, you've got to tap on the screen when you want to achieve that focus. So uh, the times when we wanted to record ourselves, there was no flip-out screen like you'd find on a Canon or other Lumix 4K cameras. So what we had to do is we connected a small field monitor. We had like a little 7-inch screen so we could make sure that A, we're in the middle of the frame, and B, that we're in focus. We'd reach around to the screen, tap the middle of the screen, and then the the, the camera would focus on our face. So uh, that was uh, something that we had to do. A, nor, a camera would just do that automatically, continuously, even if we moved, but not so the uh, black magic. There was a, a, a firmware update recently that improved that autofocus capability but didn't quite give it the same breadth of autofocus functionality that other cameras have and other lenses have as well. So that was, uh, that was not too bad, but we would have preferred to have continuous autofocus. Um, filming, uh, this, this, the results out of this camera were, were tremendous, and of course that's before we did any editing. Uh, you can record, as I said, to a CFast card or an SD card. What we did is we recorded to a SSD drive connected to the camera's USB-C port. So we've got an, a Samsung T3 and a Samsung T5 drive. We've got like a 1 gigabyte T3 drive and a 500 gig T5 drive. So you've got all of this space to record on. You don't need to record to a card, although you can if you want to. Um, one thing, one of the weaknesses of this camera though is the battery performance. It uses the LPE6 lithium batteries, same battery used in some of the Canon cameras and uh, it, it was... You, we were lucky to get a 45-minute shoot out, out of each battery. So if you are going to invest in this camera, we suggest investing in a few batteries as well. So have them on hand. Uh, the battery compartment is on the bottom of the grip um, and fine if it's handheld, but if you've got it inside a rig or on a gimbal, changing that battery means you've got to take it off the gimbal or take it out of the rig to actually access it. So that was another little tick against it. We recorded a lot of 4K at 50 frames per second and right out of the camera they look great but of course there is, uh, there's editing software to make it look even better. Plenty of ports as well. We mentioned the memory cards. You can connect also your full size HDMI as well so you want to maybe see what you're shooting in real time on a field monitor, on a laptop, on a television. You can do that. Uh, there's also audio. You can have, there's a 3.5 mil plug as well as a mini XLR plug as well. So there's that. Um, and the other thing too, and this is really interesting, there was a big firmware update recently, and what it added was the ability to shoot raw 4K at up to 12 to 1 compression. So that really gives filmmakers plenty of options. And photographers and videographers who shoot raw, they explain raw as being like having all the ingredients of a cake on a table and you can put them together how you want. Shooting regularly like a, a, J, a JPEG or an MPEG, that what that is is that's like having the cake already baked and all you can do is just maybe add a little bit of uh, add a bit of uh, the, to- the the filling uh, a little bit of this, the the uh, icing on top 
So not as much flexibility. So it's great news that you can record raw 4K straight to a memory card with that great compression so you can fit a lot of uh, video on a, on a memory card. Um, so shooting uh, was great and it, then it entering the editing phase and the beauty of this, it comes with the DaVinci Resolve Studio. So not only do you get the camera, you also get this amazing editing software that even on its own would cost hundreds if not thousands of dollars. So you're getting some solid value here. Not only do you get that linear editing ability and the ability to not only have the scenes in what order you want, you can add effects and titles and everything, but the, the, uh, this software can also allow you to color grade the footage as well. So you might want to have a different type of look to your film. You might want to have a straight look to it. You might want to have a slightly different look to it. There's all these options at your fingertips to give it that different color grade. Now, this camera in our hands, uh, I described it as like buying a Ferrari to, to buy milk from the corner shop. It is way more camera that we can use, so there's plenty of headroom for us to be able to put this and use more of its capabilities over time. That's what I like about it is that it's making me learn more when I use this camera. I'm learning more, using more of the features. Same deal with the software. So much the software can do, I've barely scratched the surface. So whether you're a professional, you probably understand what this all does already and you can use most of the capabilities of a camera. Or if you're an enthusiast or an amateur like myself who's learning more and trying to achieve more, so the, the learning curve, which is exciting, I'm learning more and I'm improving over time. So even more of the features and the editing capabilities of the software can become more useful to me over time. I really like this camera. It's priced at one thousand nine hundred and seventy-five dollars, which for what you get is actually reasonable value. And the results, uh, the the images, the video, and there's some examples on our story on TechOt on our review are remarkable. Uh, if you want to check out our review, you can head on over to techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Alrighty, now Amazon have just introduced a new product. It's called the Echo Input. Now, this is a product that can take your existing speaker, your favorite speaker, and turn it into a smart speaker. So you can connect the Echo input with a 3.5 millimeter cable or link to it via Bluetooth. So you're adding Alexa functionality to your existing speaker. How good's that? So if you've got a favorite speaker, even a portable Bluetooth speaker, you can turn it into a smart speaker with Alexa on board as well. So once you're connected, you can then control your music, control your smart devices, and also find information just by asking. Now, the product looks like an oversized coaster, uh, and there is a cable for power, of course. It's 14 millimeters thick. 8 centimetres wide and has a 3.5 millimetre jack to connect via cable and a micro USB power port as well. Now, there are four onboard microphones, so when you're speaking from across the room and even when music's playing, it can hear you and respond. So now with Alexa on board, you can stream your favourite music services, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn and more on your favourite speaker. Uh, you can also use it to set alarms, timers, ask questions, add items to your to-do list, to your shopping list, check the news, the weather, your sport and the traffic. So to work properly, you need to you need a connection via a 3.5 millimeter audio cable 
or you can pair it via Bluetooth. Uh, and once you've connected, you've got access then to all of Alexa's skills, and there are plenty of those. Now, Sonos speaker owners, you're not supported right now with this. So if you want to add Alexa to your Sonos speaker, won't work at this stage, but that may change in the future. Echo Input, it's only $55, available from, available from amazon.com.au. And if you want to check it out for yourself, head over to techguide.com.au. Now, how would you like to be a millionaire? You got a chance to win a million dollars at every South Sydney home game, courtesy of South's major sponsor, Alcatel. Now, Alcatel, as you know, is the company that has uh, offers affordable smartphones, and they've really made a name for themselves. Had a very successful year uh, with with their range of products, and they are the major sponsor, the away jersey sponsor of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. What they've kicked off is a competition called Try for a Million. And it's free to enter and limited to the first 5,000 entrants before every South's home game. They just had a home game a few days ago, and nobody, as far as I know, won the million dollars. To win the million dollars, here's what you need to do. You need to name the matches try scorers from both teams in the order they cross the line. Pretty hard, pretty hard to get. Pretty high odds, but it's no higher than a, a lotto entry. And I think as someone with a bit of skill, you may crack this. So you need to name the try scorers from both teams. So say, for example, Sam Burgess scores first, and then Damian Cook scores second, and then uh, Cooper Cronk from the Roosters scores third, and then Campbell Graham from South scores fourth. You need to have those in order. So you need to name your first try scorer, second try scorer, third try scorer, fourth, and you not only have to name the correct try scorers, you've got to get them in order, and you've got to know how many there are. So it's no point having six and there's only three tries. You've got to get all of those things right. So if you do, you're going to earn a million bucks, which isn't bad. Now, Alcatel is part of the TCL Group, which is another main sponsor, South Sydney sponsor, and also featured on the club's away jersey as well. Uh, they're, in, they're in on the promotion too. They'll, they'll award a, tel, a TCL TV and a tablet and smartphone each week to one fan who would who was participating. Um, and when the million-dollar prize is not won, of course, then they're going to award that to one lucky entrant. That's pretty exciting stuff, though. You can win a million bucks, but you've got to guess those try scorers in order. If you're going to read that story, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand, and they're issuing a challenge. They're offering the Orbi Home Wi-Fi Challenge. So if you buy an Orbi Wi-Fi kit from Netgear, if you don't get better home Wi-Fi, you'll get your money back. 
That's confidence. Orbeez Wi-Fi systems are designed for any home, large or small. And for those times when you need a little more, Orbeez add-on satellites gives you additional coverage inside and out. Perfect for backyards, garages or even the granny flat. In today's modern household, Orbeez tri-band Wi-Fi systems lets you stream your favourite movies in 4K and play online games by providing ultra-fast Wi-Fi no matter how many devices are connected. Orbeez plugs into your existing modem and is really easy to set up with just a couple of clicks and not only does it work great it looks great too and blends into your home's decor Orbeez the easiest fastest most expansive and advanced mesh wi-fi network available today for more information visit netgear.com.au Orbeez better wi-fi everywhere and now answering all your tech questions the tech guide help desk the Tech Guide helped us is actually uh, all be related. There was a, a, a reader asking about connecting a granny flat to the home network, and I said, well, that's uh, what Orbeez are designed to do, and as, uh, as I mentioned, Orbeez our sponsor, uh, Netgear's Orbeez are our, are our sponsors, and what better way to do it than to connect an Orbeez, so the exe- it connects to the existing modem, and you can have two or three satellites. So you can, if the granny flat isn't too far away, you can have a satellite near the modem, a satellite in the middle of the house, and the third satellite actually in the granny flat, so it can actually create this massive mesh Wi-Fi system so you can create a larger coverage network that should work a treat our other question was about a second nbn connection on a large property i've got news for you mister uh it's going to cost you money just to ask about the connection but thousands possibly tens of thousands of dollars to get another connection onto your property uh it is uh pretty hard to do uh, i think he's already got fiber to the curb so bringing another copper line or a fibre line onto your property is, even if it's only 10 metres, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So that is a special technical uh, requirement of the NBN. If you if you seek to have a uh, an improvement on the of technology available to you, it's going to come at a cost. So uh, I would brace yourself for that. And I think just applying is about eight hundred dollars. So just to ask if it's possible is eight hundred. Uh, and then if whether they say yes or no, whether you decide to go ahead with it, that's going to add to the cost as well. So the NBN's got enough troubles, let alone uh, having to uh, – I've heard cases where there were people who had a, like a knockdown rebuild of a home, the copper line was destroyed, and then when it, when it came time to connect the NBN again, they needed that copper line. And they said, well, shouldn't you just give me the copper line? They said, well, no, it's not our responsibility to give you the copper line. It was there before. So if you need to replace it, get a copper line into your home or a fibre into your home, you're going to have to pay for it. And as I mentioned earlier, it costs thousands of dollars. So keep an eye on that, especially if you're building a house or renovating a house. Don't wreck the copper that already exists. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. We'd love for you to get in touch with us. Either send us a voice bite, click on the record button on the on the Tech Guide homepage, and you can record your question, and we'll play it right here on the Tech Guide podcast, and I will answer your question after we hear your voice. You can also email us, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Nord. 
Morton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.